turn to John chapter 12 this evening. I want to talk about engaging your achievability factor. I've, I took Sunday and we're going to go into it tonight. I love to talk about victory for Christians. I just love to talk about the success that's built into us. And uh, after you get born again, you get the Holy Ghost to be a better Christian. It doesn't make you a Christian, but it makes you a better Christian. Could I have a little better owe me about from that? It makes you a better Christian. You can do more and do it faster. But after that, finding out who you are is the main event. Don't be over there in Leviticus and Jeremiah and Lamentations and, uh, and Deuteronomy. Get over there in the epistles. Find out what the word says, who you are, what you can do, and what you can have. And the, the wonderful thing we're going to look at in these next few sessions or whatever we do is to find out it's already been done. Right. We, we don't have to sign up and, and, and pay in and, and do certain walk on, on molten glass and all that. It's already been done. All we have to do is believe we receive it when we pray. So uh, we, we talked about Sunday that potential is not what you've done, but it's what you're yet able to do. So you could say, let's pull into this gas station. Well, what are you going to put in it? Well, it holds 25 gallons, but it's half full. Well, we're not going to put 25 gallons in one that's half full, are we? The potential or the capacity would only be half of that. And so we, we've already road tested some of our capacity, our potential. But my contention, my argument, my. There's more. There's more. There's the convenient part. And that's what we've all worked out of. Most Christians work out of whatever's convenient. You ask them. Uh, can can you know, most churches, can you can you usher for a Sunday? Well, I would have didn't have a golf tournament and I would if I you know, or whatever. So it's convenience, but we're, we're past convenience. That's why this uh, missions offering that we're receiving is so important because it's the biggest one we've ever done and it's got past our convenience. Perhaps, I don't know, I, I really don't, but it's got past our convenience, which is just a, a thing where we can all give a certain amount to anything at one point, but here now we're halfway or two thirds, uh, 3,025 out of five grand, yeah. So we're 60% we're there. Uh, we're going to see the Lord help us finish it out. Amen. We're not going to suffer and sacrifice and whatever, except to take new ground, to say, you know, I, this is what I'm supposed to do. And so we're, we're in a new realm, and it'll help them, but that, they've got it anyway. So the kingdom demands that we do not settle for what we've already done. The church I was raised in, in Seagraves, the, the ushers would get to be about 55 and they'd say, I'm going to retire. I'm going to let these young bucks take it. Well, that may or may not have been good. I don't know. But that wasn't the right mentality because what they did after that was they set themselves down and then they quit coming. And pretty soon they weren't there. So the kingdom demands that we do not settle. We cannot settle for what we've already done. Good enough. It's not the kingdom. And so as long as there's breath, you have potential. 
It doesn't matter what you've done and why well, I've never done that before and I did it twice last year. It doesn't matter. You have potential. If you're living, it means there is more. And I always said that I couldn't wait for my 40th, my 50th, and my 60th birthday because I thought my potential was enhanced by being older and having a more, uh, more influence as an older man than I did when I was 30. He's like, what does he know? And I, I pretty much had to agree with him. I, but I'm, I'm learning as fast as I can. I'm going. I still know more than all of y'all, I told them. As slow as it is, they didn't know we were, that we didn't know anything. But uh, so as long as we're living, it means there's more. So no resting, no vacations, no, no, my season is over. There's, there's none of that. As a matter of fact, we go through seasons like we do in life where, where you have babies and you, you have to pray a certain way. I remember Debbie always just got Eric down in the floor. He was just a little squirt. He was just one. But she'd let him crawl all over him all afternoon so she could pray. She didn't say, well, this isn't my season. But it was her season not to go on mission trips. But when he got older, when he got to be seventh grade or something, we went to Russia. So there's seasons of availability, uh, seasons of the kinds of availability, but we're always looking at a new season to give our gift. Our potential changes forms, but it's always there. Our capacity is always there. And hopefully, in my case, I'm increasing my capacity. I can do more now with less than I've ever done in my life. And I am doing more. I am doing more with my life than I've ever done in the sense of word output and visions and dreams and stuff like that. I'm expecting God. What does it say? He gives dreams to old men and visions to young men or the opposite, whatever it is. I'm expecting to see more. Are you? We should be expecting to see and know more. Not so that we can sit around and say, I know a lot but so that we can go do something we never were able to do. So uh, I read that there was 2.2 billion Christians. I have no idea if that's accurate or not, but out of 8 billion population, I'm not positive about that, but I know it's in the ballpark. That leaves 5.8 billion sinners or people that don't know the Lord Jesus, however you want to say it. And yet... There's more potential in 2.2 billion Christians because of who we are in him. There's more potential in us than there is in the whole rest of the world. Even though they've got scientists and all that. You can even know we've looked at it. We've brought it before. But Israel has got lots and lots of Nobel Peace Prize, Nobel Prize, excuse me. And it's because they're a covenant people even though they are the most drug, I read this the other day, there's more drug problems in Israel than any other nation per capita. And you go, this is wrong, but they're secular. But there's a residue from what God's been doing there. They are smart and they have a lot of capacity. John 12, 24, uh, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat, a seed of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. 
but if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Um, you got to die. There's always more to do in the world than you will have time for. You can fill your life with 160 channels on TV or whatever that is and different kinds of, I don't know what you can buy anymore, but there's packages and stuff like that. I know you could be watching TV 24-7 and never touch a program twice. Uh, there's all sorts of things in a city like Tuscaloosa. It's not like Seagraves. It's not like Jemison, where there's, there's uh, uh, Jack's. <laughs> you, want to, you want to drive around Jack's tonight? Eh, we've already done that three times this week, and it's just Wednesday. <laughs> so, you know, there's just something for us to do all the time here, even in this so-called little city. Tuscaloosa goes to Birmingham. Birmingham goes to Atlanta. Atlanta goes, is, is not going to go to heaven if they don't change their ways, are they? Hallelujah. So I tell you the truth, the New Living says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. So instead of becoming more and more alive, we become more and more dead to the world and give ourselves to him. Use me like you want. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. You got to pray that or you will never die and you will never be useful. You will always be one foot in both kingdoms and you won't, you won't be happy about it. It's not even like, well, that's where the fun stuff is. It's not even true. Uh, I wrote down that Adam was an everyday model of our capacity. Adam was an everyday model of our capacity. So the Lord started out like he thinks we should be. Y'all think that's right? I mean, of course Jesus was. We're, we're not discounting that. But Adam was the original. And uh, the Lord made him right. And of course he blew that up. And we need to be mindful not to use his failure to discount the life that he had. He had a terrible failure. Uh, Peter walked on the water, had a terrible failure. So we just discount Peter, say, well, if you, if you can't walk 100 yards, well, we, we pay no attention to you. He walked on the water. And it's not that we know of been done before, during, or since. And so we have to say, take my hat off to you. But what we do is we look at their failure and miss his example. In, listen to this in Genesis 2. Listen to Adam. Verse 19 and 20. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field. Did y'all know he formed, him, formed all those cows and chickens out of the ground? And brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And look, and whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and every beast of the field. So you go, well, okay, that was Adam. He was the pattern man. He was never supposed to die. Him and Eve were supposed to have all us as their grandchildren, and we were all supposed to live forever. We, we are in this cursed body that decays and is mortal, but that was never the plan. The Lord's going to come back and make it up to us because he's going to bring us a resurrected body, and we get to catch up. But, but while we're making the first turn, we're in corruption, aren't we? 
And so, but Adam was not supposed to be. So you go, this is just one aspect of his life. He named every creature. He was just like us, except he maxed out his capacity. I don't say he maxed it out. I just say he lived at a higher level than we probably are. And that's who we're supposed to be like today. That's so far, that's so far from where we are, we can hardly reach back that far and say, that's the model, that's the pattern, that's the example. That's, the Lord didn't make an inferior us. He made a regular him and said, go and do likewise. But the curse has come in and impeded us. But Jesus has come in and we've been born again. We've, we've, old things have passed away and all things have become new. Now we are like him. In, in that sense, Jesus is our pattern, of course. We're not, we're not discounting that at all. And listen to this. I found this one. <laughs> it's in the Amplified. I'll go straight to it. First Kings 1846 says, The hand of the Lord was on Elijah. He girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel, nearly 20 miles away. How about that, wow. Miss Melissa? 20 miles. He was a marathon runner back then. What's a, what's a marathon? 20, 26. Oh, well, if, if they, if they ran out of road. That's what that was. They ran out of road and he couldn't turn around and come back because Ahab was there. He girded up his loins. That means he pulled up his skirt <laughs> and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel nearly 20 miles away. So you go, they had some stuff back then. Well, you go, that was just him. He was the man that knew who he was. He's the one that smoked those 450 Baal prophets. He knew who he was. So what's the key now? To know who we are. That, you go, well, there's more to it than that. Not anything. That's not anything. First uh, uh, Corinthians 2.16 in the Amplified says, we have the mind of Christ. Let's say it together. I have the mind of Christ. Well, that's what Adam had. They blowed it up, of course, but that's, I don't know if they went 36 days or four, 400 years before he plucked that pomegranate off the, off the tree, but when he had it, he had it all. Uh, we have the mind of Christ and do hold the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of his heart. That's what the word says about you and me. I'll read it again. It was so good. We have the mind of Christ and do hold the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of his heart. That is who I am. Do I feel like it? I don't even feel born again sometimes. You know, you just don't get that tingly feeling all the time. Sometimes it kind of turns into just normal. But it, I'm, we're born again. And we have the mind of Christ. So if you know that, and we don't, we have a mental ascent. Yeah, 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 we got the mind of Christ. Okay, yeah, right. That's mental ascent. That's agreeing to something that you don't believe. Believing is everything you're doing. Until you're doing it, you're not believing it. That was a little rough, wasn't it, coming out of uh, the infield. John 10.10 10 says he's, 
that the devil, the devil, the, the enemy has come to steal, kill and destroy. So his strategy all day, every day is not to necessarily keep you from doing the soup kitchen or or uh, singing in the choir. It's anything to arrest your potential, because once you get a taste of who you are in him and we all have. We've all laid hands on the sick and they did recover. Amen. Amen. We, we've all had our money multiply. We've all had our bodies where we just said, honey, come over here and pray for me. I'm fixing to get better. We've all experienced that. So we know what that is. But so we, we know that he's come to give us life and life to the full. But the devil doesn't want us ever taking new ground because it's a part of our capacity, our potential package. So if we ever find out what's in what's under the hood, so to speak, getting to car speak, if you ever find out what's under the hood, you tromp that little punk and it and and it hurts your neck. It's like we just took off rockets in. Then then you'll say, let's do it again and again. There was a day when you were Baptist and Methodist and whatever you were that you never sat around and thought about laying hands on the sick and having them recover. You never thought about speaking to a storm. And, and people don't much care for you now when you say, let's all speak to the storm. Uh, go ahead. We'll watch. We're right behind you. It doesn't matter. That's because that's where we all were. All of us have gone through every stage to get where we are. If we're anywhere, we've all gone through every stage. And so people that aren't where we are and and we not being where some people are, we just got stages to go through of our capacity, discovering our potential, our, our achievability, as it were. What could I do? I, this person says their back hurts. Could I, do I have jurisdiction to lay hands on them? And, but to tell them before, I'm about to lay my hands on you and you are about to walk out of here pain free. Ooh, that's that's a new step over. That's uh, you know, we can try and see. Let me road test this hands business and you tell me how it goes. But just to step up and say this is about to happen. Well, now that's that's a that's a, another layer. Would you all say another level another? So that's a part of who we always were. We were always there. But we we thought the tank was full. And, and actually, we looked down and the gauge is sitting on one fourth. And we thought we were running with all there was to run, and, and we weren't. And now we look down and go, oh, I thought we were pretty snazzy jazzy, and we're on a half a tank. There must be more. And that's what we did at the men's advance. We, we didn't do anything except just say, you're already the uncommon man, and you can have more. And they all said, let's sign up. It was pretty cool, actually. It was, it was actually, it was really cool. Hallelujah. So uh, the, the devil's strategy is to discern and to discourage achievability. Just keep on doing the same thing. And that's why churches all over America, if people come to them at all, they come in, find their pew, sit down, pay their time, tithe uh, to endure, and then get up and go home. And nothing happens because it didn't tank or it didn't tap their uh, uh, capacity. I'll tell you, 
the devil has lied to us. He said that we'd already tapped out. Do you remember talking to people that says, well, I got all the Holy Ghost there was at the new birth. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I thought that one time too. Yeah, I, I, I believe that and that's what I've come up with and, and everything. But it's not true. There's more. Well, I don't know about more. They resist good news. Just like we at one time resisted good news. I remember I went through old Billy just to, to, to sign up. And actually, I was, was kind of wimpy. I just signed up because I was in the herd. I was in the middle of the herd, and everybody went into the, to the, the shoot that, that you're going to get the Holy Ghost. And I was just one of the herd. Any way you can get it, get it. But there was more. And suddenly after that, it opened, you came into a room that had another door. And you opened that door and went into a room that had another door. And there's more doors where we're going. Don't think you're in the last room. You're never in the last room. Until we go to heaven. That's pretty much it. So I'm going to say that God had yours and my life. He had it in his mind before we were even born. That capacity is not something that we that the Lord says, well, I'm going to see where they end up and what kind of church they join and who they marry and, and uh, you know, I, and then I'm going to assign to them a particular thing that'll be good for them where they are. He loads up before that. Turn with me to Psalm 139, if you would. 139. I, I don't have much time, but I never have much time, so we'll just... I don't have much time when I start. I mean, if you want to listen to a complainer, that would be my complaint. But we listen to you when you get, when you, when you bird dog something and you get somebody in your life and, and two hours later, you're still sharing with them and going on. So it's uh, 139. Let me read just a little of this and then we'll read it in the New Living. Oh, Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compassest, goes around my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. But there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Now, just listen to this in the New Living. That's, that's kind of wordy. O Lord, you've examined my heart, and you know everything about me. This is really cool. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You're pla you place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even, the, even, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, 
I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made, okay, here's, here, here's where we're going. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. I was being, excuse me, you saw me before I was born. Now here, here's where I want to go. In every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Wow. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And as I wake up, you are still with me. Sounds like a, a God with a plan. Sounds like with 8 billion people, that's what's on the earth right now. But a bunch of them have died. It's not like 8 billion is the total of every, has whatever existed. Are y'all getting me? There's been more than 8 billion people on the planet because grandpa's not here anymore. And so I don't know how many that would be that's ever been born and died. Uh, probably less than 8 billion before now. But nevertheless, it's a bunch of them. And he, the word says here that he stopped and held us and got into us and examined us and assigned us and sent us and empowered us and made a way where there seemed to be no way. Every one of the 10 to 16 billion, whatever it is, people that have ever, even some of them became mass murderers. Some of them were Hitlers and Mussolini's and, and all those Bundy people and all that. They all had the same capacity. They all had the same chance. It wasn't like he made some bad ones and said, I got to stick some bad down there to keep all my guys straightened up. Everybody had the same chance. Everybody was empowered from the beginning. And he knew us. Heaven knew us. The creator spent time forming us and planning us out. It's just amazing. It's just amazing. So God plans you and, and prepared a future that was worthy of him. In other words, if, he's gonna, if you're going to have a child, and we all have, and you're going to stick that cash name on Stephen and then that cash name on Jacob, then you're going you're gonna to make sure they go out with clean clothes and, and no jelly on their mouth. I mean, you're going to work on that. You're going to make the, 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 this, is, this is my son, this is my son's, this look. They aren't, me and mama formed them. Yeah, we, we had a part in this and all that. Well, that's the same way the Lord did. He made us all worthy of him. He put his potential in and he said, go out there. And I'll be with you the whole way. I'll never take my eyes off of you. If you ever even hesitate, I'll be there to pick you up. In verse 16, he said uh, in the New Living, he said, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Wow. Wow. Your life is recorded in a book. 
Wonder what's in that book. Well, alcoholic and beat his wife and wouldn't raise his kids and quit his jobs every other week. That's not what's in the book. Ah, oh, victory in Jesus is in the book. Adams were in the book. Eve's were in the book. That's the potential. He only measures us by our potential. Therefore, we can never outrun God. There's always more. There's always more blessings. You never run them out because there's always more to engage, which is what pleases us, what blesses us. We, we will say, and retired people will tell you this, because uh, I, I follow them around, these, these old guys. No offense. But these old guys, and they're not happy. They want, they want to go back to work. And they do all the time. They come off the, the camper road and the, and the go see the kids road and all that, and they go back to work or, or try to find something. We're happiest when we're doing what we're created to do. Amen. We think we're tired of that. And maybe, maybe putting widgets together at the factory wasn't what you were called to do. Maybe there was a failure there. Maybe we did things with our life that we didn't have faith to get out of and go do what we should have been doing. But anyway, we stayed there and the Lord will help us wherever we are. So there's this book of life. And yet most people, would you, would you agree with me? Most people have never read the table of contents. They don't know what's in their book. Like, here's the book of life. This is how it's supposed to turn out. This is my potential. This is my capacity. This is my achievability. If I could read that and know that, Holy Ghost, if I could go sit down in a, in a wheat field and just bother you for a few minutes, Lord, and you could share with me what's the next step. What do you want me to do next? I'm kind of like, I could go several ways. I'm, I'm talented. I'm smart. I'm... I've got money. I've got a beautiful wife or husband or whatever. But what do you want me to do? Not just, well, there's so many options. I'll just fall into one. They'll all be good. You could do that, but that might be somebody else's book. This is real good, y'all. I know it is because it's ministered to me all day. Uh, in verse 17, he said, uh, oh my, 17. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I think that's the sands of... No. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. Your precious... How precious are your thoughts about me. Uh, one version says they are vast. Your thoughts about me are vast. Versus maybe you and I read a book and put it on the shelf and nobody looks at it again ever. Or maybe you do in 12, 15 more years, you pick it back up. But the word says that his, his thoughts about each one of us, which is the future. I mean, he's already got us here now. And he's already delivered us out of anything. It's not like the Lord's in a rescue mission. He thinks we're already rescued. He already thinks we've been delivered. He already thinks we've been, uh, we're living above the curse and over the devil and beyond sin. So that's not his motive. His motive is to get us into the future, to tap out our potential, to pack, tap out who we are. Am I a five-talent man, a two-talent man, or a one-talent man? It doesn't matter. I have a job to do that matches what I've been given. Uh, I wrote this down. Uh, yeah, one version says, I cannot fathom your confidence in me. 
Wow, that's a new thought. That we think that we would say that we would believe that, Lord, I am buoyed up by your confidence in me. We're, we're thinking, OK, I wonder if the Lord can do that. We're, we're trying to impress the Lord with our confidence in him, which he's never left us or forsaken us. His, he's not slacking his promises. He's he always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. All those things. He's never messed up. And we go, well, Lord, I'm feeling pretty odi about you today. I'm thinking about, you know, doing something risky. But that's not it. The right way to approach it is, is, Lord, I see that you have a lot of confidence in me. You, my creator, that watched over me and is walking out this book of who I am, my life played out. You have a confidence in me. Your thoughts about me are more numerous than the sands. They are vast. Wow. Not even the FBI has got that much information on us. Hallelujah. The Lord's he knows all of that stuff. But, you know, uh, children of God don't generally believe their father. Isn't that a shame? Wouldn't we say that was a shame about anybody in life? They say, yeah, he, the kid's no good because he doesn't even believe his father. His father says he loves him, but he, he, he won't have nothing to do with him. Uh, here's here's the issue. I got nine minutes, sort of. Mark 9:23. Okay, we're going to just turn there. We're just going to turn to Mark 9. I'm I'm fixing to fix it. They all said, "Thank you, Lord." <laughs> Put you up here sometime, each one of you and see if you don't need a little more entertainment than you're getting. Hallelujah. Mark 9, 23, what does it say? Read it with me. Uh, wait, wait, wait. That's John. John, John, John. Matthew, Mark. It didn't read right. Okay. Mark 9, 23. Let's read it together. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Again. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Now, what if the Bible was true? What if this scripture was true? What if Jesus said it? It's in red letters and he intended for us to believe that if we can believe, all things are possible. So if that was true, then all I have to do is believe that he has an amazing confidence in me and to say to the Lord, if that be thou, Lord, bid me come. And we just start hiking out there, put on my... Put on my rain boots today so we can walk to the Lord Jesus on the water. How about that? So the whole issue, the whole issue is not heaven. Well, I wonder if the Lord can do that. He's already done it. He wants us to do it. Look at Jesus. Go do what he, go and do likewise. So if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believes. That means I have more capacity than I thought. Because that word all there, it's A-L-L. -L. It, you know, I looked it up and it means all. <laughs> it means all. All things are possible. Well, Lord, surely there's some exceptions. You, you just didn't have time in the book of Mark to write down all things. Y'all, we've got to get stirred up about this. Uh, Mark 10, 27. You're right there. Slip over. 
Mark 10, 27. Put a little star around this one. Jesus looking upon them saith, read it with me. With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. That's your capacity. That's your assignment. That's what's in the book. When you were being formed in your mother, that's in the book. Yeah, I, I, I signed that one right there, that little bit right there. I signed him with all things are possible. Nothing's impossible to him. Oh, he did it for every one of us. Okay, you're in Mark 11. Slip over to verse 23. And I am finishing with this. Well, I want to, but I, I hallelujah. I got to keep my word. Hallelujah. Uh, Mark eleven twenty three. Here it is. This is, it is all that to say this. It's up to me. I have potential. I have capacity. I have achievability. I can do it. I can do it. Well, I'm shy. I can do it. Well, I don't know. I, I get nervous around people. I can do it. Well, I've never seen that done. I can do it. He said, he said in verse 23, that whosoever shall say into this mountain, mountain, I'm talking to you, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. Okay. And shall not doubt in his heart, but here it is. Believeth those things which he saith shall come to pass. Believeth those things which he saith, not what God saith, what he saith shall come to pass. He shall, the impossible becomes possible. He shall have whatsoever he saith. You want to know what your capacity is? Just look for a mountain. Just look for a mountain. Verse 24. What things soever you desire. What things? What things? That, that's like all. That's like every mountain. What things soever you desire when you pray. So you got to open your mouth, don't you? You got to say. Your heart can't get out. Your faith can't get out without your mouth. What things soever you desire when you pray. Believe that ye receive them. So you have a confidence in God because God has a confidence in you. He said, I'm going to write this stuff down and it'll look like it's science fiction, that it's impossible, that nobody would write this down. I'm going to write it down and I'm going to send you a copy of it and it'll be your personal manual for how much I love you and your capacity is going to be sewn in. Oh, he's better than we ever thought. And we were thinking pretty yeah buddy about God. And he's better than we thought. So I love, Lord, I, I can't do that. Oh, my. You got to get that capacity out there. Now, the danger, the, the danger, and I am quitting. The danger to going further is that you've been, you're further than you've ever been. We just love to take a little rest after we've got the attaboy. Attaboy, Michael, you've been doing good. You know, I bet you deserve a rest. I bet you can draw back. I bet nobody would care as much as you've been doing and how you've been. Uh, this would be a good place to rest. And he said, no resting. You just got your strength up. Doing all that stuff strengthened you. And so I like this scripture. It says in uh, Psalm 16, the lines have fallen to me in pleasant places and I have a goodly reward. 
the lines have fallen. My, my capacity is ample. There's no, there's no 5,000 men and their wives and children, and we got two loaves and two fish and... Which one is it? Five loaves, five loaves. I get... So we, got, we just got five loaves, we got two fishes. And look at all these people. It really wouldn't have mattered if there was five million, would it? It just would have taken longer to feed them all. But the, So we, there's nothing out there that we say, but that's too much. That's beyond my capacity. No, ma'am. No, sir. It's in there. Isn't Jesus wonderful? He is just wonderful. And he just keeps encouraging us. And just when we think we've preached the last message about how good he is to us and how good he made us, well, then he shows us something else. He says, look at this. You never saw that. Oh, yeah, Lord, that is good. We'll preach on that. Hallelujah. So we're going we're gonna to step out. I don't know what that means. It's, 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 it's your book. It's your book. I've got my book. It's written in my book. He's vast in what he thinks about me. It's vast. Vast. I, I, sands of the sea, that's pretty vast. And he says, I, I, I got thoughts I've never been able to get to, to, through to you. It's really good up here where I am. I'm going to just keep on sending you, son. So we just keep going. We just keep going. We just, sometimes it's baby steps and sometimes we just get out there. I always think about Melissa running. I always look for her Sunday to say, who did she run into this week? Her testimonies of running, which that would be my testimony, I ran. I walked fast. Oh, well, at my house, we make the block. I tell her, I'm going to go walking. I'll be right back. <laughs> That's how we say it. I'll be right back. You just never know who's out there. Lynn runs into people. Well, he runs over people, actually. <laughs> I surrender. Nope, you've got to take it like a man. Here I come. It, Jesus is wonderful. Amen. Amen.